name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> I know we have a kneeling Vespers after liturgy, so I'm not going to go on too long, even though this is a huge feast day of the church. Actually, it's one of the 12 great feasts of our Lord. The Annunciation is the first, and Pentecost is the last. So this serves as a uh, final bookend to all that our Lord is done in terms of salvation history. So I want you to place yourself in Jerusalem some 2,000 plus years ago, knowing that people from all over the empire and even beyond have come to Jerusalem, first for the Jewish Passover, which has passed, but they stayed long after that, 50 days after that to be exact, for the Jewish feast of Pentecost. And so we have people, and I brought my bulletin because I wanted to read this. We had people from Parth, I won't even say where they're from, but there were Parthians and Medes and Elamites and people from Mesopotamia, obviously from Judea, but in Asia Minor, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, even northern Africa, Egypt, and Libya, and Cyrene, people from Rome, were all in Jerusalem, all speaking different languages, all with their own unique cultures, all looking different one from the other. And at about nine o'clock in the morning, it's a very interesting time, you'll see why. There's a rush of a mighty wind, and the sound is like a roar, and it fills the city of Jerusalem so that all of these people, wherever they may be residing, whether they're Airbnbs, whether they have homes that they're staying in, or even if they're in tents, they come rushing to the place where they hear this roaring wind. What is going on? And there are people who accuse the apostles of being drunk. And Peter says, wait a minute, it's only the third hour of the day, nine o'clock in the morning. We are not drunk. Why did they say that? Because when they came to the place, the 12, the myrrh-bearing women, the 70 apostles, and 150 other disciples were there. And the apostles were speaking in foreign languages that they didn't before that day and before that moment know. All of these people, with all their different languages and cultures, were hearing the apostles preach the gospel in a foreign language, but not a foreign language to them one that they could understand. I want to remind you that in the Old Testament, human beings sought of their own effort to rise up to God. You remember the Tower of Babel? They tried to build the tower from earth all the way to heaven. And God came and he humbled them. Not because he doesn't love them. Not because he doesn't want them to become God-like. 
because he knew that this kind of human-centered effort would end in physical and spiritual disaster. And so he came and he confused their tongue. They all spoke the same language at that time. And from the Tower of Babel on, they all started speaking different languages. And they were divided, not unified, because of their pride. But on this day, some 2,000 years ago, the exact opposite thing happens. The Holy Spirit comes, sent by Jesus in time, as he promised his disciples. And the Holy Spirit takes everybody who is divided, speaking many, many different languages, and he unites them. He unites them into the body of Christ, the church. The the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost is really the means by which people of all nations, of all cultures, living in all the lands of the world who are divided become members grafted in to the body of Christ. And I want you to note that as Peter, preeminent among the apostles, stood up and he began to preach to them, after he preached, 3,000 souls believed and were baptized on that day. That's a pretty powerful sermon. To influence and inspire and convince 3,000 people on the spot to dedicate their life to Christ and to the church and to seek baptism. My dear brothers and sisters, not only do we know that the Holy Spirit comes upon the church in a very unique way, in a more permanent way, grafting people into the body of Christ, staying within believers through baptism and chrismation, sanctifying them and revealing to them the fullness of who Jesus Christ is and bringing them salvation. But we also know and see on the day of Pentecost the universal appeal of Christianity and God's intent that it be preached and taken to all nations, teaching them all that Jesus ever said and did and making them disciples. The church was never meant to be for the Jews alone. It was never meant to be for the Greeks alone. It was never meant to be for the Romans alone. It was meant to go out to the whole entire world to reach the furthest places in all of the world. It is universal. And it is up to us in our generation to be a part of that proclamation. To not take it and live it in a stingy way for ourselves, but to take it in a self-sacrificial, loving way and share it with all those around us and to the far reaches of the planet who have not yet heard the good news. Increasingly in our day, my dear brothers and sisters, in the 21st century in the United States, 
there are more and more people all around us who work with us, who are in our family, who live around us, who we associate with in terms of our friendships and our acquaintances, who either really don't know Christ, who really have not heard the gospel, or have been so disillusioned by a false gospel that they need loving, selfless Christians who dedicate their life to Christ in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church to be that living gospel for them, just like Peter was on the day of Pentecost, just like the apostles were when the tongues of fire rested upon them and they were able to preach the good news to people who had never heard it in a way that met them where they were at. This is the essence of Pentecost. It is a renewal of our own being sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit, being made members of the body of Christ. But it is also a reminder that we are sent out. And it doesn't have to be to the highways and the byways. We are sent out to those that are right next to us who really do not know Jesus Christ. So be selfless. Be self-sacrificial. Don't fear rejection. Know that the Holy Spirit and His power is in you to give you the right words, to give you the right approach, to give you the sensitivity to meet that person right next to you where they are at, and to be the gospel in living action for them, to invite them in to the body of Christ, to invite them in to that relationship that will be eternal, that will give them all of their hearts, desires, and needs. This is the essence of Pentecost. So be glad, rejoice that you have received the Holy Spirit, surrender to his will, let him sanctify you, and then take that sanctifying grace and go out and share it with those around you. Amen.